Today we discuss the lockdown, Biden gate, and why we need to stand for freedom. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Together, we will make America great again. This is the Matt and Jan Show. El Matador is back here to tame the beast of politics. How you doing, Chan? Matt, I'm doing great. We got another uh, good week of uh, news to talk about. More coronavirus stuff, of course. Got Joe Biden in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, this is the last week of classes. So lots of projects to turn in this uh, last week. I'm, I'm basically done. I have two finals and one project left. Um, I'm looking forward to being done with the semester. How about you, Matt? I'm doing good. I know I did six research papers in the past three weeks, so I am finally done. They were very interesting papers, but man, I'm just happy to be finally moving toward the end of the school year. We got finals next week just to finish it up by next Friday, and then we got more time to do the podcast, so it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully in person before too long, you know, this uh, this distant podcasting you know I, i'm thankful we're able to i'm thankful we have the technology you know we're using zoom to do this one we've used facetime in the past and like it's nice to be able to uh, to talk with each other but there's something about being in the same room with somebody else when you do something like this where it's, it's that much more enjoyable you click more you know sometimes there's a little bit of a delay here and i don't pick up on a cue that you say or, or you know it's it's way easier to do this in person Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm looking forward to it when we first do it in person. I know, I know it's funny because even a, whatever a month and a half ago when we were doing the show, we were kind of joking, like when we moved out, we're like, "Oh man, gotta do social distancing and all these different things." And now we're like, been a month and a half in, and now we're like, "Oh, like people are people are wanting to get out, people are wanting to do stuff." We'll get into it in the show. We got some good news this week. We have some bad news, and we got a whole bunch of things. We got a stacked show. So, Chan, are you ready to get into it? Let's do it, Matt. So we are going to start off, of course, with the breaking news this morning of Joe Biden. He was on Morning Joe, and he comes out, and he says that he did not do any uh, sexual assault to Tara Reid. We have that sound clip right off the bat, so we're going to get right into that. Biden clip number one. Please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. And so the biggest news of this morning, of course, Joe Biden coming out. And this was scheduled earlier in the week, so it's not too much of a surprise that he came out and said this, trying to cover face here as the election starts to get heated up in the next coming months. Chan, do you think Joe Biden has like what it takes to last until November, or are we going to see another candidate? Like This is some big news. I know this morning he said he didn't, but I think due process until proven guilty is the way we got to go with this. Yeah, and, and so you're absolutely right. We are going to uh, presume innocence, uh, like like you said, until 
it could be proven otherwise. You got the gavel there. Uh, we, and, and as as a podcast, I, I love the gavel. By the way, yeah, uh, gotta have it. You know, <laughs> we we definitely stand by that. Uh, you should never just take somebody's word for something, uh, especially in, in a situation as serious as that. Uh, but they are serious allegations, and I think uh, there is some corroborating evidence, and, and there needs to be a, a legitimate uh, inquiry into this. Uh, not necessarily for criminal prosecution, because I think it, it would be past the uh, statute of limitations. Uh, but in terms of, you know, this was such a, a big deal to the Democrats when, the, when Brett Kavanaugh was accused of sexual assault. Uh, it should be just as big of a deal to them now that it's uh, their guy, that it's Joe Biden who's uh, facing the accusations. Yeah, we. Uh, I, you know, go for it. Oh no, go for it, Chan. Hundred percent, go for it, man. Yeah, so you know, I uh, I tend to have a hard time, and I guess this is maybe my inclination towards uh, respecting due process of believing any uh, like one-off or. Uh, well-timed accusation uh like just on face value but i absolutely hope there's a a serious investigation into this and i I think it will really hurt his uh his chances if uh, it can't be proven with beyond a doubt that he didn't do it you know the the court of public opinion and the court of law are two completely different things the court of law absolutely due process is followed Uh, you are innocent until proven guilty but the court of public opinion can go whatever way the public uh, views. And if the public starts to view Joe Biden as this creepy old guy who may or, or may not have uh, sexually assaulted uh, Tara Reid, you know, that's uh, that's going to really determine how good of a chance they think he has uh, in a general election. And, yeah, I think there is a good possibility that they'll, uh, they'll be looking for another candidate. Who would it be? I, I really don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It's it's hard to say right now. I know he's trying to pick a running mate. We have like Stacey Abrams. We have Michelle Obama. We have all these names floating around. But at this point, we might as well be seeing a whole new candidate in November because what they're doing to Joe Biden with everything, and this is a hard thing about running for president, is your life is going to be pretty much opened up from the time you were born until all this stuff. So the fact that Joe Biden is having all this stuff uncovered is just what it takes to run for president. And the fact that, and Micah actually pursues, I'm going to play that next audio clip because she goes in and starts to question him even more. And he kind of resists and, and it's kind of seeing, okay, Joe Biden, what are you actually hiding? So we know about the Ukraine deals. We know about his son and all the legal dealings that they had in Ukraine. So it's, it's hard to look at like, or it's, it's, it's looking at everything that's going on. It's like Joe Biden, like, if you were the nice, clean candidate that you say you are and you're not for corruption and all these different things, then you should be okay. And it's and it's the same thing with the Trump, like, oh, that Trump should be releasing his taxes. But this is a different subject matter because this is something serious because if you have multiple people coming out for sexual assault allegations and, like, the Me Too movement says that we have to believe all women. So does Joe Biden get a pass? It's taken so long. What has it been, about a, two weeks, two, three weeks now that – We've been talking about this, and the media hasn't been covering it because of COVID-19. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden comes out on a Friday morning, May 1st, after all this time, hiding in his basement at home, doing these pressers and stuff, and no questions in the media. I know Trump was asked more about the whole uh, allegation situation, 
and and other people in the media, even Nancy Pelosi was pushing back yesterday. She was like, oh, don't give me a lecture. Don't give me a story. No, and I don't want it. No, no attention. It's like, it's like if you don't agree, um, if the Democrats, like, they don't get their way with the media, they, they push back. They're like, what? We, we were usually getting treated very fairly. So I'm going to play the audio clip number two. This is just a continuation of the interview. So it, it was about four and a half minutes or so, the full interview. So I'm just cut it down in clips. So this is audio clip number two. You were unequivocal, uh, Mr. Vice President, back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh controversy and hearings. And um, you said that women should be believed. You said this, for a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she is talking about is real. Whether or not she forgets the facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. She's going to be going on national television on Sunday. Tara Reid is coming forward in the glaring lights. To use your words, should we not start off with the presumption that the essence of what she's talking about is real? She says you sexually assaulted her. Look, from the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously when she steps forward and, and then vet it, look into it. This, this, that, that's true in this case as well. Women have a right to be heard, and the, and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. I'll always uphold that principle. But in the end, in every case, the truth is what matters. And in this case, the truth is the claims are false. So he comes out and he says, hey, like, the claims are false. I didn't do it. But it's, it's like we said, due process until proven guilty. And the fact that Joe Biden is coming out, it's like, hey, my situation, it's it's not the same. It's And the thing is, Brett Kavanaugh, like going to be a Supreme Court justice and everything that he had to go through, his family had to go through. The fact that they're trying to give Joe Biden a pass in the media is a disgrace to this country. And it is, it is like what this is our justice system at work. We have to make sure that he is kept accountable as well as our other politicians. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. You have to be accounted in the rule of law. These are people that we this is our next president, per se. And the thing is, this, the thing is that we have an election in November. So this time next year, we could have President Joe Biden. And the fact that if he gets a pass on this thing, I just think it looks bad on our whole justice system. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think what uh, is really a big point there, and, and the interviewer uh, uh, in the audio clip kind of was alluding to it, is this idea that there's maybe this double standard that exists in the Democrat Party. And, you know, conservatives have been talking about this for years. And, and it's not like there aren't double standards on our side of the aisle. Uh, but when you say that you need to believe all women, First off, uh, there's a really great Quaker video. Uh, go to believe all women, and, and the answer is no. Of course, you shouldn't believe all women. You shouldn't believe all men. To believe everybody on their word, humans lie all the time. So, um, you know, I think it was a bad idea of the Democrats to make this idea that oh, you should always believe all women. Uh, that there would never be any ulterior motives for making these claims. Now. Are there plenty of, of legitimate allegations that get uh, brushed aside as a consequence? Well, yeah, that's uh, you know part of part of having you know a human system. There's going to be flaws, but yeah, the, the double standard that exists on the Democrat side 
especially in terms of like this Me Too movement. Uh, it, it's being shown, it's being brought to light here when it's one of them who has the, the allegations made against them. I'm kind of reminded of, uh, was it the Virginia governor? Who is the, the governor who uh, who dressed up in either a KKK outfit or a oh, blackface? Yeah, I can't remember the name right now, but I know what you're talking about. It's like this double standard that when somebody does something on the left, the Democrats, it's quickly swept under the rug. And, and the thing is, with what's going on in the media now with Joe Biden, it's like, hey, we're looking at all these different things. And Joe Biden, they're like, hey, like the Larry King interview, like her mom coming on the show and talking about it. It's like that was one part of the evidence. And the fact that they're with Ballsy Ford and Kavanaugh, they were like, oh, no evidence. Like, oh, and she couldn't remember things and all these different things. And the fact that they were just trying to get Brett Kavanaugh off of the Supreme Court. They did not want him there because, of course, he's pro-life. He's a conservative. And the thing is, you need somebody that's going to be that's going to uphold the rule of law in that position. And the fact that the left continues to want power, it's all about power. And what we've seen in this COVID situation is it's all about power and it doesn't matter how they get it. And Joe Biden, even if he were to get elected president, he wouldn't even be a true president. I think his he would be pretty much run by the Democrat Party. They were, his cabinet would be doing the job. And even Obama, he came out when he endorsed him, whatever, a week and a half ago. The fact that he comes out and he's like, yeah, he's going to surround himself with gr great people is because I don't think Joe Biden has what it takes to lead this country, especially through this COVID situation. you got people that are desperate and they're out of work, the people that are needing money. People are in a desperate position right now with this whole COVID situation. And I don't think Joe Biden is that person that's going to motivate the American people to get back out there that, hey, we're Americans. We're going to get back to work and we are we are special in that we are going to do what we set out to do like this is the american dream like i don't think that joe biden is that candidate to go out and rally the troops and do all these things it's we see it with his pressers he even in this interview he kind of was stumped after later in the interview when he was like oh yeah that this that these uh pretty much the university of delaware that there's these different things there's one more audio clip about these records and and such that Oh, they're closed for having private conversations, and the fact that Joe Biden wants these things covered up just makes it makes us all more suspicious of him as a candidate. And I don't know; it's just it's crazy to look at all these different things that Joe Biden has done in his career, and how much of this stuff is uh, is swept under the rug. And if you remember, Clarence Thomas, he was in the same situation where Joe Biden was leading that trial in the Senate, and it, it didn't take much to bring down Clarence Thomas, and now. He has all these accusations from seven seven plus women, and Joe Biden is out here. They're trying to cover this whole thing up. He's trying to save face, and so it's interesting. I'm. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the rest of this Joe Biden scandal. If it's going to run through November, if he even makes it to the convention, which everything's still up in the air because of COVID. But I know it's a it's a different week because this is the headline news with COVID going on. So it's it's an interesting thing because what standard are we going to hold our candidates to? Like each election cycle, we see it more and more. But this double standard, it cannot last very long. We cannot have this in in the United States in our media because these people are just it's just a cycle. They are continuously going through CNN, CSNBC and all these different all these different news things are just reporting false information. So, I yeah, I totally agree. And I think when you ask what kind of standards are we going to hold these politicians to, I mean, 
to a, as great of a degree as possible. What we should be looking for is uh, honesty and openness. You know, there's no doubt, like, here, here's a, a, a thing, and maybe you have some thoughts on this. Donald Trump certainly has uh, not a great history of treating women well. Uh, you know, the, plenty of, of uh, dirt on him. But here's the deal. That's all out in the open. The people who hate him for that are going to continue to hate him for that. And the people who are, are willing to uh, put that aside and, and put that behind them are willing to do that. Uh, but he's open and honest about it. It's not like he's saying at, at one moment, you know, uh, like every accusation that a woman makes is uh, accurate. And then at the next moment, denying accusations made against him. No, he's, you know, he is who he is. That's, I, I think that's the thing with Donald Trump is, you know what you're getting. It's, uh, it's not always great, uh, but you know what you're getting. And uh, that's uh, something that I think the, the left would benefit from if they were to understand that and being honest, open, and it doesn't always have to be perfect. You know, the, the left is so great at virtue signaling and they're, they're trying to appear virtuous in the absence of virtue. I think what the right gets right, uh, I can't think of a better way to say that, but, you know, uh, what the right as well is uh, we understand that humans are flawed. That's kind of the, the central premise, and it's a, a religious premise that humans are, are born evil and, and born sinful. And instead of trying to feign virtue and, and feign uh, uh, this sort of goodness and, and perfection even in, in many ways, there's this uh, realization that, okay, we're humans, we're flawed, we're going to make mistakes, but when it comes to politics, what matters is good policy. And uh, I think if the left were to understand that, they would, they would do a lot better in, the, uh, in people's opinions of them and uh, would probably become better. Exactly. I know Donald Trump from the start has been very honest. He's one of the most honest presidents. I, I You could almost compare him to Abe Lincoln in a sense, just because everything's exposed now, like everything and anything. And we saw that with Donald Trump and the takedown of President Trump since the beginning, even whatever, 17 minutes after inauguration. The fact that they were like, okay, it's, it's time for impeachment. So we're going to look at this last audio clip of Joe Biden. And this is, this is where some suspicious seems to like to rise in this situation. So we have audio clip number three. And I think it's interesting to, to, to notice like, wow, like what is, what is Joe Biden actually hiding? The audio clip number three whomever and all of that to be fodder in a campaign at mm -hmm. this time i don't know of anybody who's done anything like that whoa whoa wait let's hold on a second fodder in a campaign like i don't think anybody's ever oh i don't know if anybody would do that why would anybody want to interfere and and come out with allegations before a campaign or during a campaign right chan yeah as if that hasn't been politics like american politics since the beginning of our country that's uh you know it's a silly statement yeah you pony face soldier <laughs> so we'll play the rest of the clip here we go oh the national archives is the only place there would be anything having to do with personnel records there are no personnel records in the biden papers mm -hmm. at the university 
So uh, personnel records aside, are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? And if so, I am absolutely certain. Why not? Why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name. Yes, and reveal uh, anything that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they had. There's nothing there, Chan. Don't don't look into that. Why would why why would I not want you to look into that? That's the big question, right, Chan? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean it's uh, it, it's uh, kind of ridiculous. I think you know there should be a, a openness to an, an investigation, especially if he is innocent. Um, so yeah, I don't know if he's trying to hide something or if he really is just sort of lost uh, at the moment, uh, which, you know, you should never uh, attribute to, uh, like, malintent what you could attribute to uh, stupidity or ignorance. And, you know, sometimes I'm concerned with Biden. You know, it seems pretty likely that he has some form of dementia already. And so with something like that, I don't know if that's supposed to be any sort of suspicious cover-up or if he really just isn't processing the situation completely. So we'll see what is to happen of this situation. But as of right now, everybody's wondering, is Joe Biden guilty or not? And I know this morning that the hashtag Believe Biden is trending. So people are coming out and they're supporting Biden in this chase. At least the Twitter world is. But again, the Twitter world, if the the uh, the amount of information on Twitter and the polling data on Twitter, President Trump wouldn't be in office right now just because there's so much hatred on there. And actually, to mention, my uncle was doing some some watching of uh, on YouTube the other day, and he looked us up, and he said he couldn't find us for some time. So we might have been shadow banned. So the fact that the conservative media, it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, eliminate anything that's conservative or anything that doesn't agree with our ideals. So I just think it's interesting. I I just wanted to throw that in there as a side note. So it's just it just surprises me. Yeah, my guess is we're we're too small to even be found, let alone uh, shadow banned at this point uh, on on YouTube. But uh, you know, I I am uh, I am aware that that's a thing, and that there's bias in uh, in our social media and in big tech. Uh, you know, I, I recently finished reading uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s book Triggered, and mm. he spends a, a chapter in there talking about. Uh, the, the influence of big tech and social media and how much uh, conservatives are, are silenced and suppressed there. And so it's not surprising that the trending uh, headlines on Twitter are uh, pro-Biden and, and pro-Democrat, uh, even if that doesn't reflect the majority of what's going on on Twitter. Uh, so, you know, that's just uh, my thoughts on that. Yeah, we're, and we're going to continue to see it. I just I just saw that trending this morning, and I was like, man, I was like, this whole thing that happened, I'm like, even with Brett Kavanaugh, it's like, hey, we need to believe all women. Alyssa Milano's even said, I think we should. there should be at least, like, reluctantly about everything that's going on, because she's like, I don't know. I think we, at first, she was like, yo, I still support Joe Biden. She endorsed him, even with all these allegations, and it's like, hey, 
It's like you were the you were supposed to be the leader of the Me Too movement. She was all against Kavanaugh and that whole investigation. And it's like we have to believe all women, even Joe Biden, the fact that he said that. Oh, we need to believe. It doesn't matter. No facts, no evidence. It doesn't matter. We have to believe. But then the fact that, like we said earlier, the double standard that's occurring, it's it's not a good thing. And it's the Democrats. It's This is a continuous thing and it's a continuous cycle. And this is a dirty mess that we have in politics now. The polarization that if you're not on my side, you're the enemy. And I think... This is one thing with this show is that we're trying to promote is we're trying to have a conversation. Let's have a policy debate. Let's talk policy. Let's try not to get into name calling. Let's try not to get into any of this. But the left doesn't want to do it. And it's going to be a continuous struggle even in the years to come. So it'll be interesting. I know Sean is always uh, mentioning uh, about the the only way that we can solve this is civil war. And it's like, man, it almost feels like it every time you talk policy just because People want to battle you. People want to fight you because you don't have the same opinion. It's kind of crazy to think that all these people, like you, you have you've had conversations with people, and the fact that people get so triggered so quickly, and it's on our college campuses. So, yeah, I I mean I think people are soft both sides of the aisle, and I certainly could could uh, fall into that myself of feeling this overly. Uh, you know, this, this kind of vitriol and, and animus towards uh, the other side. And, and that's just the nature of humans. There's a book that I really want to read by uh, Sebastian Junger, I think is his last name, uh, called Tribe. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that right. A lot of people who I, I respect and listen to uh, have suggested that book. So that's going to end up on the summer reading list. But anyways, it, the, the gist is that humans tend to separate off into like their their tribes of like thinking or, or silos of thinking. And uh, I, I think the great thing though about the American system, and I'm, right now I'm reading uh, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville's uh, Democracy in America. And what he gets at there, it, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Uh, what he's getting at in a lot of uh, what I'm reading right now is how important that a, a democracy is and uh, being able to represent yourself non-violently. He refers to, you know, how many like violent uh, revolutions took place in Europe and to, it, they never really brought out freedom. In America, we can have this discussion. And sure, I can really hate the ideas of somebody who I disagree with. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're solving these uh, issues with our words and with our votes. Uh, instead of uh, with violence. And, and I would certainly uh, prefer um, to any sort of uh, to violent confrontation. Oh, exactly. Nobody wants to have any violence occur. And we've seen it as people that, like we saw with the, the one guy that was in Washington, D.C. I can't remember his name. The one that was, uh, the one that they called that, uh, the him a racist and all these different things. They labeled him. It was a kid, uh, the Washington Mall. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Let's see. I want to make sure I get, I know, uh, let's see. I, do you remember that situation? The banging of the drum, all that stuff? I, oh, um, uh, no, I, is, is his last name? I believe so. I know I just blanked on his name right now. Let me, because I remember him, the whole thing, the, the whole situation there and the fact that that he was inciting violence by standing there and all these different things. I think it was what Nicholas. I think it was. Uh, let's see. I remember uh, Nathan Phillips was the uh, the Native American gentleman who was banging the drum. 
Yes, Nick Sandman. Yes, that's his name. I couldn't remember right now for some reason. I That whole situation that occurred, and it's like, man, conservatives, it's evil. These ideas, they're trying to but push fascist ideas, all this and that. It's like, no, it's like, that's not exactly, that's not what we stand for. But the fact that people like Nicholas Sandman that took all this beating because he had a MAGA hat on, like the fact that it's taken, like the media, this is how polarized the United States has become is you don't agree, you're evil. That's the only way to look at it. And and we're, we're going to move on. I know we got some different topics I still want to get to today. I know I want to cover the Nancy Pelosi situation and everything that's going on there. The fact that she wants to set an oversight committee for the coronavirus relief funds. I think that's interesting to look at because she's assigned all Democrats to this. And it's similar to rats guarding cheese. You're giving the Democrats, or at least they're starting a committee to overlook where money's going to go. The same people that want to allocate funds for Planned Parenthood, they want to allocate funds for uh, the Green New Deal, different things like this. And we're gonna. They want to be in charge of relief funds. I don't know if that's a good idea. What are your thoughts, Chan? Yeah, you know, uh, I said this before on the show. I'm not a big fan of big government to begin with, um, and so especially when you put Democrats who are more free spending than Republicans, even though Republicans aren't that fiscally conservative anyways uh, these days, uh, but. Yeah, to, to put Nancy Pelosi in charge of a, a oversight committee in terms of where these vast amounts of money are going to go, you know, I'm not a fan of it. But like I said, I'm not a fan of, of big government spending anyways, but especially with uh, where they want the money to go, like you said, things like Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, the Green New Deal, some things like uh, universal health care, uh, you know, they're going to push for these things. Uh, the the fact that there's a coronavirus right now, a global pandemic, and everybody's concerned about that, doesn't change people's underlying political motivations. What they wanted to accomplish before the virus is the same thing that they're wanting to accomplish now. Um, and they just have a, a different means and some different uh, priorities to get to. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm not a fan. Rap starting the cheese is uh, a funny way of putting it, but I, I think I agree. Exactly. And that's where I want to move on to is California and the situation that's happened here. We got King Newsom over here guarding California. He needs to protect everybody, even though the numbers have been down and we should be the epicenter of all the amount of cases that we've had in in California. And the fact that it's it's under two percent is just the, the death rate overall. It's just crazy to look at. Look at the Stanford Research Study, USC. They're coming out. All these models that came out to predict this whole situation are totally wrong. They are to, they are wrong. They, they come out and they're saying, we're going to lose 240,000. We're going to lose 2 million people. We're going to... No, these we were running our country off models, and that is not a good idea. These were all wrong. And even Fauci said that these models were going to come out, and they were going to be a little over the top. And the fact that now we're looking at it, this thing is turning into a hoax. Not, the, not COVID itself. Let me make sure that's clear, because I know the way the media spins things, I know with Trump, oh, it's a hoax. No, he's all this whole thing. It's political now. It's a power grab. And we see it with Whitmer in in Michigan, Queen Whitmer. So we have these people that just are, they're mini tyrants running around and they're they're wanting to run these states the way they want. And in all four states, states should have rights. But the fact that they're taking an over, over control of their states, we have 10 states opening up today. And the fact that we have all these different blue states that want to stay close, it's just like, like, people want to get out. People are, I was driving out to Sunnyside yesterday, 
and the fact that I saw there was people out there, there was people out and about, they were, they were social distancing, but they were out getting some food from some food trucks. I'm like, wow, I'm like, awesome. People are out. It was, I think it was a, some kind of church function um, right on Kings Canyon and Clovis. And I was like, wow, there we go. So it's people are wanting to get out. People are tired of being at home and people want to get back to work. Yeah, and I think there's more and more evidence to support that that's going to be okay. Uh, you know, the the death rate being shown to be much lower than we initially thought now that we have the, a lot of antibody tests coming out, um, being able to see how many people actually have had the virus. Um, the fact that you know, some models earlier, and, and I've heard some things on this, I want to make a, a, a little bit of a point. These models are never meant to accurately, you know, on this given day, this many people are going to die. Yep. You can't it's do fact, that. Can. It's supposed to be fact. It's supposed to be fact. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm looking right now at the, the University of Washington uh, model, and it shows that by, uh, let's see, by May 29th, there will be zero hospital beds needed uh, for coronavirus related in California. You know what? That's not true either. Um, like just, just like we said, uh, or, or like it showed that there are going to be hundreds and hundreds uh, of deaths in California um, at the peak of it. That wasn't true because, uh, you know, the, the model can only predict based off of the available data. Um, and, and it doesn't, take into account human active motivation, policy change. Um, so sure, I, I would love to see it zero out, uh, but that's not going to happen for some time. You know, this virus is going to be around uh, for, for a while. It, it's going to uh, just circulate in uh, throughout the world until we either build some sort of herd immunity or there's a, a viable vaccine for it. Uh, and, you know, that's just the reality of it. But we know now that it's not that deadly, especially if you're young and healthy. You know, if you don't have underlying conditions, if you're not uh, overweight or obese, uh, don't have asthma, uh, or if, and if you're under, say, like 55, 60 years old, you're probably not going to die from it. Um, the people we're concerned about are the people with underlying health conditions and the elderly. And those are the people we need to protect. And, and I think we should continue to do things to protect them. But that might mean that they are the ones who have to remain quarantined while the rest of uh, the, the workforce goes back to work and the economy can get started. Because if we spend too much time uh, away from working, I know you have some interest on that, you know, uh, unemployment is not a good thing. Uh, disruptions to uh, food supply chains not a good thing. Uh, and, and these are, aren't even that long term of, of outcomes. Do you have any thoughts on that? I just think like what we've been saying for the past month, it's like, hey, we need to get back to work. And we talked about it over a month and a half ago on one of our episodes about herd immunity. The fact that people were sick when we were going to school in December, January, and people were like, it was unreasonable the amount of people that were sick in my classes. I heard the whole class, it, was, it felt like everybody had a sniffles or a cough or something, different things. And even I got hit hard at the beginning of February. And so like I came out and I was like, wow, I think that I might, that might've been something where we didn't even know we had it. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, that we have a lot of cases that we don't know about and people are, are sick and they just don't know they're sick. And the thing is, if we don't go out and start working again, people, when they're cooped up in their home, 
you have people inside their house. The reason you build immunity is being exposed to different germs and different things out in the world. That's why you don't just keep your kids protected when they're young. The kids are putting things in their mouth. They're out playing. There's germs. They're building up an immunity to different things. So the fact when everybody's cooped up, it, it just changes everything when when your immune system, you're making your immune system weaker. And the thing is, like, the biggest thing of it all is, if you don't want to go out and you feel like you're not safe, you don't have to go back to work. You don't have to go out and go to the beach and do all these things that people want to do. You don't. You're not being forced to do that. But right now, people are being forced to be shut down. And I think that's the biggest issue with it is it's infringing on civil liberties that this country was founded on. And, and the thing that people aren't – we're not able to worship. We can, are, we, are you saying that we can go to Home Depot, Lowe's, and all these different places? And these are 200 people going into these stores, but the fact that we can't have a church service – that is, that is just infringing on our rights to practice religion. And the fact that we've been closed down for so long, it's just like, wow. It's like this is, uh, this is an experience that we, we need to have as, as Christians. We need, to, we need to be able to go to church and have these different things and be able to worship. But the fact that we've been shut down and we're stopping people from doing this, but we have different things open. And things have been slowly opening. I know some cities and different places across the country are starting to open up. They're starting to go into phase one. But Californians are here waiting Hey, May 6th was supposed to be, I think that's this next week, and we're supposed to be back up and running or at least starting phase one. We need to let these small businesses get back open. These people's livelihoods are on the line. On the line. This is not good, and I, and I know a lot of small business owners here in Fresno, and, and it is affecting them heavily, and we cannot continue to stay closed. They are going to be out of business if we stay closed another two to three weeks. There's no income coming in. There's a struggle for money, and the stimulus check has already been evaporated. I know there's supposed to be more money, but we're just borrowing against future generations. We cannot continue to do this. This is not good. Our kids are going to be paying back our debts. And the thing that Trump wanted to address when he came into office was we need to get the national debt. We need to be working in the positives. We cannot continue to keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. This is how countries like Venezuela and different places like that are key examples of what socialism done and is done. And the fact that Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're just getting money. It's like, no, we're getting money, but we're going to pay for it later. These things aren't free. This money isn't coming. And the fact that people are getting all uppity about having Donald Trump's signature on it, it's like, oh, my gosh. Even this past week, Democrats were trying to push to make sure that Donald Trump's name was removed from these checks, that Trump shouldn't be out here like putting his name on it. It's like he's the president of the United States. These are government-issued checks. These are money that is your taxpayer money that you're getting. This isn't like this money is coming from anywhere. It's just, we're printing the money and it's going to, inflation's going to hit hard. It's going to hit hard. This next year is going to be a rough coming back, but there's nobody better than I think than Donald Trump to bring us back from it. He did it once and he's going to do it again. Yeah. I, I, you make a lot of good points in there. Sorry. I know. I just kind of, I, I just threw a whole bunch of stuff at you. I just was like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm really feeling patriotic this morning. I feel like we just, People are just wanting to get that urge to get going again. So I just, I just had to like let that out. Yeah, no, and and I agree with you on a lot of that. Uh, in terms of, yeah, it, it, it's time to open up at least certain businesses to uh, to be able to go back to work. People are going to be responsible, uh, especially you know this time has been, even though it's been frustrating and challenging, it's been good in terms of uh, people feeling educated and runs uh, during the day I see more and more people wearing masks and I think that's a good thing uh, and be you know here in Central California 
there's no mandate yet to wear a mask. People aren't being forced to do that when they go outside, which I, I think is a good thing. But people are taking that responsibility on themselves. Uh, and I think if you start trusting the people more, you know, in some ways, how I feel the, uh, the government should uh, treat this situation moving forward is educate the people, provide uh, the, the minimum uh, resources needed, uh, maybe in terms of like ventilators and masks. You know, I think the, the government can play a role in that uh, uh, to hospitals. And then let the people take some personal responsibility and uh, live for, uh, you know, or make their own decisions. Don't have the government make all these minute decisions for people. You know, when the, when the government in a certain city or state says, you have to wear a mask or you can't go to the beach or you can't gather as a church, uh, those things, sure, uh, maybe I should wear a mask and I'm going to avoid going to a busy beach. And at church, I'm not going to shake anybody's hand or sit next to somebody. Like, um, all those things are, are good, uh, especially in light of uh, the pandemic. But to say that you can't do those things or you have to do these things, uh, coming top down, I'm, uh, I'm very frustrated by, it. at this point, uh, any continuation of those sort of policies are an overreach. Uh, now, again, the practices should probably continue, but the policies uh, need to uh, lessen. I think there needs to be more power back in the hands of the people to make their own decisions. Like you said, if you uh, are concerned about this, you can still stay home, but if you want to get back to work, you should be allowed to um, because, our, frankly, our society needs it. These aren't just people, the people who want to get back to work aren't just people who, oh, I want a haircut. No, these are people who depend on their work for their livelihood, depend on their work a lot of times for their meaning in life. You know, uh, when you when you do a job that's uh, important or that puts food on the table, uh, it's, it gives you meaning in a lot of ways. And, and to have that taken away, you know, I, I see you have a, a statistic about suicide further down in the notes. Yeah, and, in Michigan. Uh, you said based on uh, research from previous epidemics, the report predicts a 32% increase, uh, increase in statewide suicide rates if left untreated. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is related to the uncertainty of the future or with unemployment. Uh, and so I think, uh, you know, if the, what the left is saying and big government advocates are saying uh, related to uh, this pandemic is the government needs to save lives. Well, lives aren't just going to be lost alone from uh, the virus. There's other, uh, other factors here at play. So I think uh, we need to take a, a step back a little bit, take a little bit more of a global perspective of this. Exactly. And it's, and it's like to remember flatten the curve wasn't to flatten the curb and like curve in deaths. It was to flatten the curve to make sure hospitals were like ready to go with the overflow of patients. When we reopened, this thing wasn't supposed to be a lockdown till November. The thing is, this was supposed to be a lockdown to 15 days. Remember that was some time ago. It was like 45 days ago when we started doing all this stuff. And now we've been on quarantine for a month and a half. And people are like wondering, okay, when are we going to reopen? When are we going to reopen? And the fact that the thing that the tactic that they're using right now is every two weeks, we're just going to say, oh yeah, I think, I think we need another two weeks. We need another two weeks. We need another two weeks. And it's just repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. So 
And it's just like, when, when are we going to reopen? People are wanting to go out. And like you said, like anxiety, depression, suicide rates are all going up. It's, this is not a good thing. And the fact that we had people like in Michigan, people are wanting to get back to work. I have an audio clip. This is protesters in the state house. And remember the government isn't supposed to control you. The government's supposed to work for you, the citizen. And so here is an audio clip, this audio clip number four. This is in Michigan, the state house. And I'm trying to get into the state house, let us in. This is the people's house. This is this is America. This is the way that our government works here. It's not supposed to be dictators running this country as people like Gavin Newsom want to control California. That's not the way that it's supposed to be. And I think this whole situation, governments are like, this is what the Democrats, this is their dream. They're living their dream right now. Wow, we can have all the power at the top. This is the way they want to run the country. And this is, I don't know if you had any thoughts on this. Michigan, people are ready to go back to work. And Whitmer's keeping them in till May 15th. And we had 10 states open up today. And Brian Kemp was the one that took all this stuff, all this heat, even from even from the president. And I think even President Trump, he doesn't want to come out and say, oh, yeah, I support and then take some bashing. So I think Trump was like, hey, I gave the power to the states. He can do that. I think the biggest thing of all is Trump gave the power to the governors to run their state. I think the governors need to give power to the local levels as well, because that's the biggest thing is. If Fresno, if we've only had seven deaths in Fresno, we are a city of 250,000 people, and we are a very, very high and highly populated city. And the fact that we're shut down to this this magnitude is kind of surprising. Like there's there's a lot of livelihoods. You know us. We are the heart of California. We are the breadbasket. We are we have farmers that are losing production value from their different things. We have people killing off chickens because the demand isn't there. Like meat production has been cut down. I know Trump's helping out with that with some aid, but our, our farming, like that's taking a hit. Like we're going to have a food shortage soon. If we don't get on top of this, our economy needs to get back up and running because the demand people want to get back to work. And I think if we continue to stay close, we're just going to see our economy just take more of a dip. And this is all, like we said, the Democrats master plan. If they can get the economy to tank, Oh, it's good for the election. 30 million people out of work. Great. More government benefits. Donald Trump approval rating down. That's that's all they want. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. So I know we wanted to move on past the Michigan stuff. I wanted to talk about some Michael Flynn stuff. And I just wanted to just recap what's happened with the Michael Flynn situation. I know he's been, everybody's been seeing the hashtag to free General Flynn, and Trump's been talking about possibly hiring him back on, giving him a full presidential pardon, all these different things. And Chan, you know about the the whole thing with Michael Flynn, the way he was framed by the FBI and under the James Comey FBI, and the fact that all of this stuff happened, and it ruined this man's life. It made him bankrupt. They tried going after his family, and that was the only way that they gave him that deal. Hey, we won't we won't attack you any further if you just take a guilty guilty charge on this whole thing. So the fact that Michael Flynn, his whole life was destroyed, his whole reputation over something that was a big cover up of a Spygate scandal against President Trump to take down our president currently the day he took office, and we are still seeing it today. So, Chan, what are your thoughts on this whole situation with Michael Flynn, Spygate, and everything that they've done to take down President Trump? 
Yeah, you know, I'll admit I'm not the most well-informed on this. I, I kind of see the news headlines and uh, and I'm a little bit aware. And I remember uh, when this all sort of first happened. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of stuff that is sort of deep state or taking place in uh, uh, like the FBI it's very hard for me to follow, I'll admit. Uh, and so I, I don't have much of an opinion simply because I'm not that informed. Uh, so, yeah, I'll let you uh, I'll let you offer your commentary because I'm uh, probably not the best person to speak to this. Yeah, so Michael Flynn, the whole situation that happened after Trump was elected and this, this insurance policy of Hillary Clinton, the big cover-up and the spying on Donald Trump, the setup of the two FBI agents that went after Donald or uh, Michael Flynn and they pretty much were like yeah you don't need a lawyer we're gonna set you up and they were gonna try to tie it into a Russia collusion hoax this whole thing that we heard about in the first quarter of the Trump presidency and we still hear about it and it what eventually led to the impeachment charges and all these different things that Trump and so it's just when you're looking at all these people and the way that there's a lot of inner workings into this whole thing that happened but Michael Flynn in general was screwed over in this whole situation because he was set up and the FBI, James Comey, allowed this to happen. And he actually came on TV some t when this whole situation was going on. And he was, like, actually bragging about this whole situation. And I have the audio clip. And he, he's got this whole thing. And he's up there. And he's just like, yeah, he's all, as all, I let it happen. And all these different things that are coming out now, these notes and stuff, these unredacted messages about this whole thing, it's starting to come to, come to light. And I think that's a good thing is all this stuff to take out President Trump, is all tracking back to Obama. These things were under the Obama White House. These, this spying and different things, these setups that were put out were under the Obama administration. So I'm going to play the the clip of the James Comey and him being pretty much set up, and James Comey's over here bragging about it. It's, it's, really, it's really sick. Now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, I sent them. Yeah, I just sent them. Yep. James Comey. Wow, a good guy right here. Wow. Um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration. In the Let's cut that for a second. An organized investigation, James Comey. You are the head of the FBI. How is this not an organized investigation like I, that doesn't make any sense w bush administration for example or the obama administration <laughs> the protocol two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years <laughs> and in both of those administrations there was process and so if the fbi wanted to send agents into the white house itself to interview a senior official you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. And he continues to talk about this whole thing. And it was a big setup. And the whole thing was James Comey. It's like, hey, we're going to we're going to let this happen. It's like, wow. And, and the thing is, I don't want to put a bad name on the FBI. Like we've heard around conservative media and different things. Ninety nine percent of of like the FBI is actually good, but it's this corrupt 1% that ran these investigation and is giving the FBI a bad name. Like these people are supposed to be for justice and truth. 
And the fact that they try to set up President Trump, it just shows the whole ide the, the ideology behind this whole thing and the fact that they don't like President Trump. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure Trump is not elected. And if he is elected, we're going to impeach him on some Russian collusion hoax. Devin Nunez coming out, and he was a very, like, he led the thing. So from Fresno, California, giving leading the charge on everything. I was like, makes me proud to be have him be the representative of our city. And I was just like, wow, it's just the whole thing. It was just to take out Trump. This is day one like news like the fact that the washington post came out and they were like the impeachment of donald trump begins now that was 17 minutes after his inauguration like what 17 minutes are you kidding me 17 minutes after inauguration so channel like what are your thoughts on this whole takedown to take donald trump from the beginning i know we've talked about it quite often the democrat media and it's just they have tried everything in their power to make sure donald trump is taken down and it didn't work with even the impeachment. He was supposed to, he got impeached and then they're like, okay, time to get him out. And then all of a sudden, nope, nope, Senate like cleared him. So it's just like, everybody's like, oh man, we need to impeach Trump. And it's like, on what? Yeah. So, I mean, my thoughts are that the, uh, the coastal elitists, the people in New York, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, could not believe that the country would elect Donald Trump. It, it went against everything that they uh, they expected, and they needed some sort of uh, way to work around um, the fact that lots of middle America, working class people uh, thought Trump would uh, make a good president. Lots of religious people thought Trump would make a good president. Uh, and so I, I think that's where a lot of uh, that that idea came from that why couldn't we beat him in an election, uh, you know, from their perspective. And then next up, how can we get him out of office? Because this was just completely unexpected. Uh, that's sort of how I, I think it, it went down on their side. You know, it would be interesting to bring on uh, somebody who was very opposed to Trump and, and hear their perspective on it. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's, the fact that there was such a, a deep state response to this, uh, you know, people in the Obama administration working against him, people in the FBI working against him, it's, it's very interesting to me. I don't quite understand why, um, you know, we talk about like Trump derangement syndrome, and I think there's something to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't quite understand why there's so much hatred for the man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just very odd to me. I got an answer for you, Chan. It's because, like you said, disrupts the establishment politics. The thing is with President Trump, the second he gets elected, he starts doing things for the American people. Hey, we're not supposed to do that. And I think Charlie Kirk, he does a great example in the MAGA doctrine. He comes forward, President Trump gets elected, and it was because all these people were tired of the system that was currently working against them with the high taxes that the government benefits and the over the overriding like wave of socialism, especially in Congress, it's like people were sick and tired of this. And they were sick and tired when Jimmy Carter got booted and Reagan came in. People were pissed off. And I think that is why President Trump got elected. And it's it's just knocking out the establishment candidates. And the fact that Joe Biden's running on this, on, oh yeah, and even Bernie after him dropping out, oh yeah, I don't support establishment candidates, Bernie saying this, and then endorsing Joe Biden. It's all the political 
elite. This is the cool kids. These are the cool kids of Washington, D.C. And if you infringe on that, you're an enemy. And that's why Donald Trump got elected, because he starts doing things for the American people. And that's not usually what presidents do. And it's easy to say Donald Trump could have come into office and he could have said, yeah, I can be a very, very, very vanilla type president, Republican president, not get a lot of things done, do his four years, probably get reelected again and just kind of keep that going. But Trump came in, he's all day one. All right, we're going to get this doing. He had the UMCA deal, the trade deal to renegotiate NAFTA and different things like this. Historic unemployment rate for African-Americans, whatever lowest rate for uh, Latino Americans, different things like this. We've never seen it before in this country. And and just the amount of our GDP growth that President Trump, energy independent, you can list the accomplishments going on. And this is not what the Democrats want and other countries because the Democrats... They, they want America to be weak. And, of course, other countries are going to be like China, Russia, Saudi Arabia. They love to see a weak America. They want to be dependent. They want us to be dependent on them. And the fact that we're like, hey, no, we're going to do our own energy now. We're going to run our own country the way that we want to run it. We're not going to let people, other foreign nationals, run our country. We're not going to let people come into our country. These are basic fundamentals that people wanted in this last election. That's why he got elected, I think. This is the whole thing that happened is that Donald Trump, he like he encompassed what Americans wanted. People wanted somebody that was going to come in and he's going to be a badass and he's going to get after it. And I think that's why he got elected. Yeah, yeah I, I think a very good point. The same reason why he was elected is the, the same reason why he faces so much opposition. I, I think that's pretty accurate. And I just I, I just think this whole situation just shows how much hatred the left has and how much power they want. And that's all they want. It's like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Can I get the ring? Can I get the power? I'll do anything for it. That's the Democrats. This is their whole party. This is what they want. If they can get power and they can control your life top to bottom, it's like, look at things. They want to take away your guns. And it's like our founding fathers. You take away the guns, that's when that's when you have unarmed citizens. It's easy to take over a country. That's the first step. You take out the guns, nobody can defend themselves. Great. All right, what's next? What's another thing if I want to take down America? All right, I'm going to make sure that the education system is, is greatly flawed. The cartels that we have our college campuses, that they're indoctrinating students that socialism is good. All right, check. All right, so public schools, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to take away school choice. We, we shouldn't allow students to pick where they want to go. And that's a big thing. I think school choice is going to be a big issue in these coming years. I think in the second Trump term, if he gets reelected and just looking at all these different things, it's like, wow, it's like Trump is Trump's coming in and he's like, and these Democrats are wanting to destroy America. And it's like, so education, it's like you take away that, take away your guns. And it's like, how can we get more control? And then free health care. All right, we're going to control your health care. And we see the disaster it's been around the world. People are like, oh, yeah, free health care. But it's like you got to you got to have high taxes. You're going to lose, you're losing freedom. And I fact that you're, you're giving up your freedom and your liberty to choose what you want is just, I think it's, it's a disgrace to what America was founded on. And the, the thing that the Democrats want to do is they want to tear all of that down. They want to start over. And I think if we allow them to keep pushing this agenda and we don't have this show to, to counteract these different these different viewpoints that are trying to destroy this this great country that God blessed us with, I think it was it was almost prophecy the way that America was founded, the way that these people came together and they founded a country based on freedom and liberty. The fact that this happened and it's just where we're at in the world and 
we're not in um, engulfed in conflicts and or we are in different regions but not here like we haven't had a fight besides the civil war on american soil like america defends the the right to people to choose life liberty and the pursuit of happiness it's right there so it's just the fact that the democrats will do anything to 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 make sure that that power is taken away from you that's what we got to be careful of yeah I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't have said it better. I know I jumped I jumped ahead because I wanted to I wanted to defend freedom. It's like I feel very patriotic today. I feel like we have to move in the right directions. People want to get back to work. And I know I wanted to get to our quote, Benjamin Franklin today. Those that can give up essential liberty to gain little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the situation we're finding ourselves in here is we're giving up these freedoms, these essential freedoms to, um, you know, have have really freedom of movement um, and, and in some ways freedom of speech. And, and we're doing that for safety. But, yeah, we, we really don't deserve either if uh, we're going to decide to do that long term. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a great uh, quote from Ben Franklin, and, and I really agree with that. Exactly. And this is this is a situation. This is a trial of socialism. Do you want state control? We are living it right now in California. Gavin Newsom would love to continue to have power, tell you when to go out and when to do things. This is the government. Big Brother is watching 1984. Like people, they want to have government control. And I did a research paper this week on China and the way that they've reduced poverty levels and the fact that they they track every individual citizen in that country to make sure that those levels of reduction. Imagine having the government watch, and we talk about privacy in this country. This is a big thing. Imagine if the government tracked every single thing you did, and there's some different measures in the United States that track, of course, your information, but imagine having state control, like, man, that flip, like having a chip inserted in you, things that Bill Gates has, Bill Gates has been able, that wants to have. He wants to have these vaccines. They want to depopulate the world. They want to make sure that they have to total control in this globalist agenda that, the left continues to push that we need to come together, sing Kumbaya, and we're going to all be united, open borders. There's going to be no violence. It's like, yeah, right. It's like people, when people, when you have things open like that and you have one government, it's, it's going to be one ruler. That's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get the power. And we've seen it throughout history is when, when people want power, people will do anything for power. And what we've seen with China is what they've done. And you see the big, great, the, the, the great leap forward for Mao Zedong costing 20 million people's lives and even possibly more. It's 20 million to 40 million people in China to get where they're at today. And it's just like, wow, they will do anything. Stalin, it's like anything. And just the fact that we are lucky enough to live in a country where Chandler, where me and you can do this podcast. No other country, or there's there's countries around the world that promote freedom, but there's no country like the United States. Like, there's no censorship. I know there's different things from these tech companies, but we have the opportunity and the blessings to be able to have this conversation. And I think that the left is going to continue to try to take these away. And it makes me sad that the left has taken this stance. It's it's not the Democratic Party from 1960, the JFK era. It's, it's not... And I think even JFK would be a Republican today, looking at the statistics and different things that he that he was for. It's just it's crazy how far left it's gone. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, you know, it's funny. Think JFK would even maybe be more conservative than some Republicans today, uh, as far to the left as our our country's politics have shifted, and 
uh, yeah, I think if we can preserve freedom and preserve uh, liberty, we will continue to be great as a country. But uh, we need to uh, we need to make sure we're willing to take a stand for those things that are important to us. It's, it's very important to uh, to stand up for uh, the things that you believe in, and if that's uh, having the freedom to you know uh, speak what you uh, want to speak to gather and worship how you want to worship, uh, to, uh, to bear arms. These things are, uh, if these things are important to you, you should, uh, you know, take a stand to, uh, to support them. hundred percent. So I know we're out of time, Chan. I know this episode kind of went a little longer than we wanted. It's just when we get going, we get going. This show is very spontaneous. We run it. When we got ideas, we're going to go out there. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Matt Zapon and Peter Moon again at Politics Now. It's a startup website for articles and news, and it offers both sides, left and right. And it's becoming a new place to you for you to get news. So go on and look them up on Google. You can find them on Twitter, Matt Zapon, Peter Moon. Just want to give them a quick shout out. We're building something great here. We're starting something with the Matt and Chan Show. We're building up our base. And we are just college students. We have so much more life to live. This is just the beginning, Chan. We're doing great things. And Chandler, do you want to just give a little merch plug? I know I want to make sure I'm wearing it right now. Matt and Chan show. Yeah, uh, you know we're we're selling T-shirts. Uh, you can get them in a, a variety of colors. Uh, they've got our Matt and Chan show uh, logo embedded in uh, an American flag. Uh, and you know, it's uh, a little way to, to support us. We don't get much out of it. Uh, we're selling uh, $15 each. Is that correct? Yep. I still. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, it, and it, it's kind of a way just to, to show support for the show. We're not making a ton of money, like I said, on them, but, uh, they are a, a way to, uh, to show, uh, that you, you listen to the show or watch us on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and, uh, can, wh- Matt, where can uh, they uh, order these shirts? You can uh, message us at the email, so at mattandchan.gmail.com, and you can also do it through DM, Facebook message, any way that you can contact us. I know we have our website up, Matt and Chan Show. Uh, I think it's a .wix. I know we're still working on different things with the website, so that's it's a soft launch right now. We're still working on things, but you can go there and find our recent episodes. You can find our show notes from each episode to look at the articles to help you if you want to do your own research to see what we used for today's show and former shows as well, and that's our new thing. And I know I think what I want to get started is a book reading list of books to read for people to like learn about what conservatives stand for and why it matters. I know Chandler was name dropping all these different books. I want to make sure that we get a list of that going on there as well. Some recommendations for some reading because that's important thing is during this time of quarantine, I've been doing so much reading. It's, it's felt so good to have time to read. I know still got classes and finals week. I'm going to get so much more reading done in like this next uh, few weeks after finals. So I'm just looking forward to the summer. It's going to be a big reading summer. So Chandler, do you want to give us a, one more uh, plug on the Google Home giveaway that's ending this next week? Yeah, so like Matt just said, we are giving away a Google Home uh, to one uh, one person who comments or, or leaves a review rather on uh, Apple Podcasts. Is, th- is that the only place where uh, we're using to uh, 
for them to leave a review. Yeah, you can leave it on there or you can leave a review on Facebook. We can any anywhere that you find us on any platform. If you can if there's a way you can leave a review, leave a review. I know iTunes is the easiest way because I know they they mark the charts and everything on the podcast charts. That's why it's important is we want to make sure that we're rising in the charts each week. I know we are gaining a big audience. So it's starting to starting to grow. I said Chan, we're starting something big. So everybody out there, I want you to go out and be patriotic. Stand up for what you believe in because this is when we need it most. This is when people are going to try to suppress our values. So it's go out there and be an American patriot for the cause. Chandler, close us out, man. Yeah, well said. And thank you all for listening again. Until next time, this is the Matt and Chan Show. <laughs>